Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Vulnerability with Bree, turning our pain into purpose. This is episode two. I'm super excited to get right in. If you're new here, welcome. Uh, if you are a previous listener, welcome back. We are so excited to have you either way, and we hope that you continue to come back and grow with us together. My name is Bree. I'm the host, and Today's episode is on a topic that I hold near and dear to my heart. It is something that I have struggled with for years. It is something that God had to teach me the hard way over and over and over again. And it is your circle, the people that you consider your best friends, the people who know the intimate parts of your life, the people that you share your successes and failures with, and why those people matter. So today, we are just going to take a little bit of time to break it down, talk about it, get real about it. Um, in the world that we live in, it has corrupted what friendship is. And so we are just going to talk about all of it. We are just laying it all out on the table and we're going to overcome the stumbling block of bad friendships together. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Uh, the title of this episode is Evaluate Your Circle. It is so important to frequently evaluate who is close to you. When I mention circle, there's probably certain people that come to your mind, uh, people that you consider your circle. Anybody who knows me personally knows that I am picky about who I allow into my life. And I, there was a time that I wasn't as picky as what I am now, but through my healing process, through spending time with Christ, through getting into the word of God and learning what scripture says about friendship, I have learned why it is so important to evaluate the people that we let into our lives. And so today we're going to talk about why that matters. So without further ado, um, I pulled some facts from peopleofscience.com. Uh, shout out to them for their studies and putting it all together for us. So let's talk about the circle and what it is. Um, your circle is where 90% of your influence and personality come from. You may not even realize it, but the people that you spend the most time with are who you're going to act like. Um, they can change you either for the better or the worse. They influence your words, your work ethic, your joy, your marriage, how you think about yourself and others, your worship, your relationship with God, your attitude. Um, they even influence your thought patterns and the way that you think. Studies show that most people have three to five close friends. And when I read that, I'm not going to lie, I was like, man, that's a lot. Um, because for me personally, I don't know that I can say that I have three to five people that I really trust anymore. Um, maybe a lot of that stems from being in ministry and, you know, learning the hard way that not everybody in your circle is for you. But we'll get into that later. So, um, people of science say that 10 to 15, um, is the number of people in most, uh, individuals, general circles. And, um, that's a lot. That's a lot. So in a tight circle, people of science say three to five people in a general circle, 10 to 15 people. I would say that I have probably 10 people in my general circle, but not in my tight circle. Um, but it's not the number it's not the number of friends that you have, but the quality of the friends that you have. And it has taken me a long time to learn that, but that is something that God has taught me. I would rather have one person that I know has my back and that will go to bat for me than I would three to five or 10 to 15 people. 
it is important guys it matters um because here's why you are most likely to adopt the habits of your friends um so if you have people who are unhealthy or mentally ill um and i'm not saying don't be friends with people who have mental illness that's my husband struggles with depression listen i get it but if you have those negative toxic people in your life then your risk of suicide depression obesity smoking and even substance abuse disorder increases drastically with toxic friends so it's important to evaluate the people that you have close to you because those people are going to influence how you live your life they're going to influence the way that you think if you already battle with suicidal tendencies and you have people in your circle that are just suicidal and they absolutely cannot see a good thing in life then chances are you're going to adapt those behaviors you're going to adapt and you your your negativity will feed off of each other and so it's important that the people in your tight circle are in a good place where they are uplifting you. And I'm not talking about friends, guys. I'm talking about people that know your everything about you, your intimate friendships, those, those people that you entrust your life with. So People of Science says this, the following are qualities of a good friend. Kind and compassionate, accepts you for who you are, values your time, respects boundaries, supports in hard times, fun to be around, honest and trustworthy, encourages you, and inspires and uplifts you. And when I was reading that list, I instantly was thinking about people in my life who do those things. Because there was a time where I had friends who I, I trusted with everything in me, and they just did not, they don't respect those boundaries. You know, if you have a friend and you, you say, you know, listen, I love you and I want to spend time with you, but Friday nights are family night. If they cannot respect those boundaries and they get mad and they're like, well, you should be out with me on Friday night or, you know, Fridays are, are my favorite day of the week or whatever the situation is, then those people don't respect your boundaries. That's not a healthy friendship. If they do not support you in hard times, but they constantly deflect your hardship to talk about their hardship and that they can never be considerate of, of hard times that you're going through. And they just are like, focus on me, pay attention to me. Those, that is not a healthy friendship, guys. Those are not people that you want in your corner. You need people who, you know, are honest and trustworthy and respect your boundaries and are going to uplift you because that is where your success and friendship is going to come from. So real quick, I want to read uh, Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 it says this iron sharpeneth iron so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend and so what what he is saying there is that you can't get sharp off of somebody who's dull you have to have people in your life who are going to encourage you who are going to uplift you who are going to say you know those people in your life who will who are willing to be honest with you in every situation when you aren't being the best version of yourself they they say hey you know i have people in my life now who are like brie this is not you like when i get down in the dumps and and i don't want to keep on in ministry and i just feel like it's too much shout out to my girl who was there for me this week who was like listen this is the devil you need to get up you need to pick up your head you need to keep moving those are the people that you want in your corner not somebody who's gonna be like oh yeah it's doom and gloom everything looks bad everything's falling apart you should just give up now those are not people you want in your circle you need people who are going to sharpen you when you're not your best self i know that it 
sucks to hear stuff like this, but stop sharing your business with everyone in your circle. Take time to evaluate. Tonight, I want you to sit and I want you to think about those people that you have close in your life who know everything about you. I want you to think about their character. I want you to think about their personality. I want you to think about what they know about you. I want you to think about the words that they speak over your life. Guys, all of this stuff matters in friendship. After evaluating who you have allowed in your circle, it's so important to evaluate what they know about you because it matters. Okay, hear me out. I know it sounds crazy, but social media has corrupted and created illusions of what friendship is. And it makes everybody want to just share everything. I mean, come on. Have you guys ever got on Facebook? And I know people have probably, I'm a very open person when it comes to social media. You can look up my platforms. I share my weight loss journey. I share, you know, stories about healing from trauma. I try to be an open book, but there are some people who get on Facebook and they just tell everybody all their business. I mean, and that can hurt you. I'm what people know about you can hurt you. And so it is so important to evaluate what these people know about you. Um, because social media has made us so desperate for follows and likes and comments and supporters. And the truth of the matter is none of that matters. It's fake. It's social media. Stop being so desperate for followers and attention that you're willing to share the most intimate parts of your life, the things that not everybody needs to know with the whole world. Um, that is something that belongs in an intimate friendship um, with those few people that you trust who can encourage you. Because of social media, we're willing to tell everybody everything and we call it venting. And guys, listen, I get it. We all need to vent. We all need to decompress. We all need to, um, you know, just share what's going on in our minds before we go crazy. But who we are venting to is what matters because not everyone in your circle is there to cheer you on. I promise you right now, if you evaluate the people who are close to you, the people that you share everything with, there will be at least one person who is there not to cheer you on, but to put stumbling blocks out in front of you. And when you are just so open to share all of your business with those people, they are taking that in and they are saying, okay, here's my opportunity to see them fall. They're already struggling in their marriage. So let me plant the seed of doubt about their spouse. Let me plant the seed of doubt about the the faithfulness of their spouse. And so when you share that stuff, you actually are giving them ammunition to use against you. And you have to be careful because before you know it, you are fighting all of this, all of this hell, all of this hell is at your house and you can't figure out where it came from. You're like, how did the enemy know? Like, and the whole time it's because you were calling the enemy on the phone and telling the enemy everything that they needed to see your downfall. I had to learn that the hard way. Um, believe it or not, <laughs> when I first got married, I had a, a friend who who I trusted, man, I trusted them with everything in me. They were my best friend. They were my person that I went to and I told them everything. And when I was 19, I was uh, just married my husband. We hadn't been married very long. I didn't know that my husband struggled with depression. I was naive. Um, 
other than my own mental illness, which was anxiety and suicidal tendencies, like I didn't really know too much about other mental illnesses. And uh, shortly after we got married, um, my husband uh, fell into a deep depression. And of course, the enemy came right to my mind. And he was like, it's because he married you. He doesn't love you. And so I go to this friend and I explain to them what's happening. Now, this friend had known my husband for a very long time. And they proceeded to tell me after I poured my heart out, just crying to them, they were like, he doesn't love you. You should leave him now. If this is how he's going to act, leave him now. You know, you should just divorce him. And my heart shattered because I was like, man, like my friend is telling me to divorce my husband and I haven't even married six months. And that really bothered me. I mean, I, I went home that night with a completely broken heart saying this person knows my husband and they know him better than I do. And they know that he doesn't love me. So I should probably just, you know, go through with an annulment now because he's not happy. And it caused a lot of problems in my home. And that's why I say, you know, they knew that he was struggling with depression. I don't know why they told me what they told me. I don't know if it was because they didn't really like me. Maybe they weren't really my friend. Maybe they didn't like that he married me. I don't know why there, maybe they had good intentions, but regardless, I was taking counseling from somebody who did not have my best interests at heart because I know now at 27 years old, after being married to my husband for eight years and, and going through these cycles and, and helping him working together to overcome depression and anxiety and fix our marriage and make our marriage the best that, you know, that it's, it's thriving now, you know, but I had to learn to stop trusting everybody. Not everybody needed to know about the problems going on in my home. Not everybody needed to know about the things that me and my husband were facing because they gave me bad advice. They planted a seed in my mind that told me to leave him. And if they were a true friend who was hearing from God, who was giving godly advice, what they would have said was, it sounds like you need to talk to him. It sounds like he may be going through something. Maybe you guys should pray together. Maybe you should pray for him. Maybe you should pray over him. And in the long run, that's what I ended up doing. But it wasn't because somebody told me to do it. It was because I felt desperate. And I was at this place where I was like, God, if I have to get up in the middle of the night every night and lay hands on this man and anoint his mind, that is what I'm going to do. And that is what I did for the first probably year, year and a half of our marriage. Like I would pray over him in his sleep and pray for a complete breakthrough. But guys, it matters what people are feeding into you because that's where you're getting your, your thinking from. They plant thoughts and you don't even think about it because you're like, oh, they're just my friend. But no, words matter. You know, James and Paul both tell us that there is power in the tongue. There is power of life and death in the tongue. And what people speak over your life will either bring life or death to the situations in your life. And you need to have those people in your life that are going to say, you are the head and not the tail. Your marriage will be mended. You will live and not die you know, you are anointed for the cause. You need somebody who is willing to sharpen you with their words and not cut you down behind your back. Real quick, I want to flip to Proverbs 22 and read verses 24 and 25. I'm closing out this first point of why you need to know who is in your circle. Because guys, I know I sound like a broken record, but it matters. You will find 
when you take time and start cutting people out and I know it's hard. I know it sucks. I know you want to have all the friends. I know you, you don't want to see the bad in your friends, but listen to me. I learned the hard way. It matters who you allow to pour into you. So Proverbs 22 verses 24 and 25 says this, make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man, thou shalt not go lest you learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. Uh, let's throw in 26. 26 says, be thou not one of them that strike hands or of them that are sureties or for debts. I probably butchered that word, but guys, listen, God tells us over and over and over and over again in his word, and we are going to break down what scripture says about friendships, that friendships matter, who counsels you matter, matters, who you allow to pour into you, it matters, guys. It is so important, so, so important to know who is, who is in your circle and what you're sharing with them. Not everybody deserves to know your business. So with all of that being said, how do we evaluate? I want you to stop and I want you to think about the people that you consider close to you. I want you to think about the people in your circle, the people who know everything about you. And after you have that list of people, I want you to stop and ask yourself what their lives look like. Because that matters. Stop and ask yourself what they do. How do they talk? What do they look like? Not that looks matter. That's not what I'm saying. But character-wise, what do they look like? Their personality, what does it look like? How do they spend their free time? Because after just a short period of time, I promise you that if you spend enough time with them, that's what your life will start to look like. I remember this this time, um, I had a friend who I love dearly, um, another life lesson, a hard one learned, even to this day, it breaks my heart, but uh, as a young wife, I was probably 20 when I met, when I met this particular friend, and I started spending all of my time with them. We went out everywhere together, I was a young minister, had just stepped into my call to preach, me and my husband were leading worship at my father-in-law's church at the time. We were assistant pastors. We had taken on a lot of roles and I was leading a women's ministry. So my life was already chaotic and I met this friend who was absolutely chaotic. Um, they had a bad drinking problem. They were, um, they were a beautiful person. I absolutely loved them, but their personality just was not a good fit for mine. And I remember getting so mad at my husband because he used to tell me, he would say, this person is not good for you. They're changing you. And I would say, no, I'm, I'm changing them. I'm trying to get them saved. That was my, that was my reasoning for going everywhere with them and doing everything with them. I was like, I'm trying to show them Jesus. And he said, listen to me, honey, you are not showing them Jesus. They are pulling you away from him. And I got so mad at him because I was like, you just don't like them. You just don't like the fact that I have a friend who wants to spend time with me. You know, I'm 20 and I'm throwing my little tantrum. And I remember that after a few years of this friendship, I, re I remember looking in the mirror. They used to give me 
marriage counseling and they wouldn't ever come to church. I would invite them and they had a really bad drinking problem. And I remember before it was all said and done, again, I found myself on the verge of backsliding. I remember driving to work one night. Things weren't good at home. I was frustrated with my marriage. I was frustrated with my ministry. I was hurt by some people um, in the family. They had been, you know, saying things and this person was again counseling me. And I remember driving to work that night and and I, I laugh about it now um, because it's just so silly. And it was almost like I was trying to break up with God. I was like, God, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm just done. I'm checking out, you know, like I had got to that point where I was like, this is not worth it anymore. It's not worth the heartache. It's not worth the time I'm pouring in. People just keep talking about me. And it was like, God just smacked me upside my head and was like, what are you doing stupid? <laughs> like, I know that God didn't call me stupid, but sometimes I feel like he'd like to anyways. And it was because when I took time after that drive to work that night, I remember, and it's embarrassing now, like I was so determined that I was going to walk away that like I said a cuss word that night for like the first time in, I don't know, eight years, I said a cuss word. And I remember everybody at work being like, oh my gosh, like that is not her. What is going on? And this friend thought it was so funny. Like she was like, say it again, say it again. And I remember then that that was my wake up call, that that person was not my friend. That person did not they were a friend, but they were not a friend who had my best interest at heart for what God had purposed for my life. You remember that saying, birds of a feather flock together? And I know people who are like, I can hang out with people and not change. And if you if you figure out how to do that, more power to you. But from personal experience, I know that if you hang out with somebody long enough, that is who you're going to act like. So if you are hanging out with people who are drinkers and they crack nasty jokes and they use bad language and they're just completely unhappy with their own lives, if they have a failing marriage, if they're liars, if they're gossipers, if they're cheaters, like chances are that is who you're going to start acting like. If they are unhappy with their marriage and all they do is drag their husband and or their wife and they're like, man, marriage sucks. Marriage is marriage is just a stupid piece of paper. I wish that I never got married. If that is all they're pouring into your life and into your mind and into your spirit, chances are that's how you're going to start seeing marriage. If the, all they do is go out and drink, if all they do is they're like, let's go party, let's go do this, let's go do that. Guys, that is what, what pours into you is what's going to come out of you. So take time and say, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, if you're doing something that's out of character and you're like, God, what in the world is going on? Like, why am I feeling this way? Look at who you're spending your time with. It matters. Your friends affect the way that you live your life. It, it's just the law of attraction, you're going to hang out with people who, who you're like-minded with, who you want to be like, you know, and so what their life looks like after a little bit of time, you know, if all they do is sit around and talk about people, chances are when you're together, 
that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be unhappy. You're going to be miserable. Guys, I have had to cut off family members who are just drama. All they do is complain. They never, I mean, it can be 90 degrees and sunshine and they'll be like, oh, there's not a, there's not a blue, 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 you know, cloud in the sky. It's all, it's all rain clouds and storm. And I just had to cut it off because I had to say, you know what? I don't have time for the doubt. I don't have time for the depression. I don't have time for the doom and gloom. They're hard cuts to make, but they are necessary for your own mental health, for your own personal growth, for your own happiness. Cut them off. Like, and also your friends affect your reputation, especially if you work in the ministry. If you are hanging out with people who all they do is drink, all they do is gossip. If I'm constantly with somebody who I know is the church gossip and I am just so tight with them and I'm hanging out with them, even if I never gossip about anybody, somebody, if the whole church knows that person's gossip or take church out of it, if you're just out with somebody who the whole town knows is a gossip and all they do is drag people and they talk about them, do you know what people are going to think about you? (laughs) They're going to think that you are a gossip. They're going to think that you condone that behavior. And whether you care what people think or not, it will affect you later in life. When you're trying to get those doors open for ministry, when you are trying to walk in, and I had a friend tell me one time that I was crazy because I didn't want to hang out with a certain person who all they did was crack nasty jokes. First of all, that person knew my history with sexual abuse. They knew what I had been through and what I was trying to overcome. And they used to tell me, oh, it's fine. You're just a normal 20 year old girl. You know, masturbation is normal and being sex crazed is normal. And this was a Christian person telling me this stuff, trying to just coddle me in the mess of my life. And the fact was that they did not want to hear that there is a required separation. If you want breakthrough, you have to separate yourself from people. And they, they told me, they were like, you're crazy. Hanging out with holy people don't make you holier. Well, guess what? Hanging out with holy people will make me want to be closer to God. If I hang out with somebody who all they do is talk about sex, all they do is crack inappropriate jokes, all they do is say nasty things, then that is where my mind is going to be saved, is in the gutter, in those nasty things. Stop hanging out with people who keep you in bondage. It matters. It affects you. It affects your reputation. When people know that somebody has a foul mouth and all they do is talk filth, they're going to question your character. They're going to question your personality. They are going to want to know what you see in that person that makes you want to hang out with them. And so it matters. You have to watch who you spend your time with, who pours into you. And the next question is, are they uplifting you? How do you feel after spending time with them? This particular group of friends that I used to hang out with, I remember I used to come home and I would just be frustrated with my husband. I would be frustrated with myself. I would want to just pick a fight. Like I just was not the best version of Brie. I was not the version of Brie that God had created me to be. And I was a young minister and trying to trying trying to take off in the ministry. And I had this group of friends that was just holding me back. And it got to the point where I had to tell my husband, I was like, I do not want to go and hang out with these people anymore. You can if you want to, but I cannot keep going out and and doing this over and over and over and over again. Like it is exhausting. It is draining me mentally. And so I had to make that cut. But since making that cut, like I have found freedom and they weren't bad people. They were good people. Our personalities just did not, they, they just clashed. They didn't support my breakthrough. They didn't encourage me to be better because they 
saw what they were doing, what they were saying is okay. And for a while I did too, but as I began getting closer to Christ, I began seeing the cuts that were necessary in order for me because I could not have gotten to where I am today while still hanging out in the place I was hanging out in. When God calls you to separation, it hurts. People will talk about you. They talked about me. They called me stuck up. They said that I thought that I was better than them. And in reality, I wasn't better than anybody. I was just trying to be better than who I was. I just wanted to be the best version of me that I could be. Guys, it matters who you hang out with. And so do they uplift you? That goes back to the power of life and death in the tongue. If all you do, if if you want to better yourself and all they say is things like, well, you're never going to make it. You don't have the money for it. What makes you think you're good enough for that position? You know, you're not called to do that. Don't, get them out. Cut them off. I mean, come on now, get some boldness and cut them off and say, you know what? I don't want people in my life who are constantly just discouraging me. Like you need people who are going to uplift you and encourage you and say, you know what? It's going to be hard, but you can do it. You know, somebody who's going to pour those scriptures into you and say, you know what? God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. So yeah, start the podcast, go back to school, you know, start singing, start doing what your dream is. You know, if God has given you a vision, then you need people in your circle who are going to propel you towards that vision who say, you know what? You don't have everything you need for right now, but how can I help? And I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray over you and I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to prophesy into your life this success. I'm going to prophesy that not for your own gain, but for the souls around you and what God is going to do through you, that God makes you successful in this position. You need somebody who is willing to call you out in the midst of your discouragement, who is going to call you out in the midst of feeling like a failure and say, you know what? Get up out of your sorrow get up out of your self-pity and go and do what God has called you to do. They need to be uplifters. Not everybody is going to love you. Not everybody is going to want to see you succeed. And not everybody in your circle wants to see you succeed because they're insecure. They're jealous. Maybe they love you. Maybe they are a friend, but they don't want to see you doing better than them. Get them out of your circle. I'm telling you guys, I know I sound like a broken record, but you don't need those people knowing your business. I am a very private person now when it comes. My husband did not even know about this podcast until the week that I really had decided to step into it. I'm just so private about and not because I don't trust my husband, but because I've become this very private person over the last few years, learning that what people know about you matter. And so now I pray about it and I spend time with God. And then I go to my husband and I'm like, Hey, help me pray about this. This is what I'm thinking about doing. And I had two friends that are in my tight circle who knew what I was going to do. And both of them were like, you know what? That is awesome. One of them actually told me, I saw you doing a podcast. Like that is amazing. I know that that is God. I know that that's what God has for you. And so those are the people that you want in your life. Those are the people that you want pouring into you. Um, and people who are willing to correct you when you're stepping out of line. You know, I had that person, that woman in my circle this week who was like, listen, Brie, you've got a bad attitude. You know, I didn't have the best attitude at home. I was going through some stuff. And she, and, and she told me, she was like, you just need to talk it out. You need to talk through it. You need to 
you know, tell the enemy you're not dealing with this attitude. She was able to correct me in such a way that I felt loved through her correction. And she sharpened me to be a better wife, to be a better person, to seek the face of Jesus in the midst of this trial. Those are the people that you need in your life and know what their life looks like. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm not taking marriage advice from somebody who just, you know, left their husband five minutes ago or somebody who threatens to leave their husband every single day. I don't want your marriage advice respectfully. I'm sorry. It is okay to tell people that you don't want their counseling and you, you don't even have to tell them you don't want your counseling. Just say, thank you for your opinion and go on about your day. You know, I don't want to talk about it. Stop telling people your business and letting them counsel you because not everybody has good godly counsel. And I'm not taking advice from somebody whose life is falling apart in that particular area. Not that they're not good people, not that they don't love Jesus, but stop taking advice from people who can't take their own advice respectfully. Um, you know, you're not going to be liked by everybody and, and you have to set those healthy boundaries. You have to be able to set those boundaries. If you want to succeed, if you want that mental clarity, if you want to start your journey to healing, you have got to make those hard cuts. You've got to make those evaluations because Believe it or not, your circle is, it matters so much that it will hinder your breakthrough. It will hinder your success. It will hinder your personal growth because those are the people who know everything about you. Those are the people who are, you're, you're taking your life lessons from, your advice from, and, and you have got to know who, who's pouring into you. So without staying stuck on that for too long, I've, what I've learned over the last two years, especially, is that I would rather be alone or have just one friend than to have friends that I feel physically, mentally, and spiritually drained when I'm leaving their presence. If I do not feel uplifted and encouraged and corrected when I'm leaving your presence, then I don't want to spend time with you. So in closing, guys, if this has pertained to your life at all, And you're sitting here going, okay, how do I fix this? I want to encourage you tonight to again, evaluate, pray. I'm not telling you to go through and cut everybody off. I'm not telling you to get rid of everybody tonight, but pray about who's in your circle. That's where I started. I started praying and I'd say, God, if this person is not for me, then show me. And he would guys, we serve a faithful God. We serve a God who has our best interest at heart. And if somebody is not for us, they are against us. And God will show us every single time. He will show you. So pray about it and use your God-given discernment. Every person has been dealt a measure of discernment. Pray that God sharpens and quickens that discernment in you. There was a time that I did not use my discernment. And now I can walk into a place and instantly I know if something's not right, I may not be able to tell you exactly what it is, but my spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of me will tell me, don't trust that person. Something's not right. And every single time, I remember one time I met this specific person who I just absolutely, like, I, I started falling in love with them. I was like, man, I just love this individual. Like they, they're, they just have this thing about them. But the, my discernment still on the inside was like, something's not right. 
And I started praying and I was like, God, what is this? And God gave me a dream. He showed me, me and my husband were at an event and this snake came up out of the ground. And my husband, he's terrified of snakes. If you, it's so funny, even if he sees one on, on TV, he freaks out. And so the snake came up out of the ground and my husband was freaking out in my, in this vision that God gave me in. And he was like, no, that's a snake. Don't touch it. Like get away from it. And I went to grab the snake because I was like, no, that's my friend. That's my friend. And instantly when I woke up, I knew that God was showing me not to trust that person. He is faithful and he does not want to see you get hurt. The enemy will lay traps and you have to be careful um, without going into too much detail. It's still kind of a sensitive, sensitive subject for me, but I, I promise to be open and vulnerable on this podcast. Recently, there was a friend um, who entered my life and I got really close to them really fast. And I heard in my spirit on a Friday, um, the enemy has laid a trap. And of course, my mind went right to that friend. And I was like, no, it can't be that. And I ignored it and I overrode it. And I kept not listening. And I was like, God, surely it can't be about that friend. And this is after all that I've learned. Okay. You will still make mistakes. And this was my disobedience. And it almost cost me everything. It caused problems at home. It caused problems at work. It caused, it, it just caused me problems mentally. I regret, I felt regression spiritually. I felt like I was being pulled back to a place that I fought so hard to get out of. And it came to the place where I said, okay, God, I'm sorry. I had to repent because I allowed somebody in my inner circle that almost cost me everything. It is so important to pray about the people that you trust. It it can come down to costing you everything that you love. Because if you think for a second that the enemy won't use your circle to tear you down, you are naive and you are deceived. The enemy will use those closest to you to bring your demise. And so it's constant prayer and discernment and being separated from people and, and spending time with God, as much as you love your friends, as much as social media keeps us connected and you want to text them and you want to Snapchat them and you want to be, you know, so close to everybody, you have got to separate yourself after everything that happened last month and, and, and everything that happened with that. When I didn't listen about the warning of the trap, I had to separate myself and I, I have now removed myself from all social media platforms for a time because I said, okay, God, I have to take myself back to this place of separation and figure out what went wrong. Where did I mess up? Like, why did I go from being so bold and so strong? And sometimes God, God will just humble you down. And that's what's happened to me. And I had to remember not to be so haughty to think that I had it all figured out because I made a mistake. I messed up. I allowed somebody close to me that had no business being close to me. Guys, it's important. It's important because this friend, their character was showing me who they were and I still did not listen. I still entertained this friend and you have to be careful. It can cost you everything. It can cost you your marriage. It can cost you your job. It can cost you your ministry. It can cost you re your relationship with Christ. So be wise be wise when it comes to who you allow close to you, who you pour yourself into, who you spend time with, who knows the most intimate parts of your life. Guys, pray about it. Take time to separate yourself and spend that time in prayer and spend that time in fasting and spend that time in evaluation and use your discernment.
use your discernment. The person that God gave me that dream about, I ended up finding out that they were a very hurtful person. Like they hurt a lot of people. And so I thank God because he, that time I, I listened and he gave me that dream and I knew that it was from God and I could have cost myself a lot had I allowed that person into my circle. It is okay. Listen to me right now because it took me a long time to learn this. I'm almost 30 years old. My whole life I was a people pleaser. I was afraid to hurt people's feelings. I was afraid to speak out about how I really felt. Please listen to me. It is not selfish to cut people off. It is not selfish to say, I don't want that person to know about my life. It is not at all selfish to say, hey, I need my time. I need time to pray about it. I don't feel comfortable sharing this information with you. There are respectful ways and people will call you snooty. They call me snooty all the time. There are people even at my church who I love dearly now and people who I'm very close with who tell me when I first met you, I thought you were stuck up. And it is because I learned who I was in God and I was not settling for anything less. I was not allowing people close to my life. And so I may come across this stuck up and snooty, but it is for my own it's it's for my own wellness. It is for my own spiritual protection that I have learned to not let everybody in. It doesn't make you selfish. It doesn't make you mean. It doesn't make you conceited. It makes you smart. Not everybody has a place in your life and that is okay. You can love them, but you can love them from a distance. And this applies to family. This applies to parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles. If they are not encouraging you, if they are not helping you to be the best version of yourself, then cut them off. Spend time in the word of God. Pray about it. There is there is a way that God can just remove people where you don't even have to say anything. You sit back, let God do the work, and then be like, you will watch them just slowly start to drop off. There are people I have not heard from in a long time, and I'm okay with it. We can be cordial if we run into each other. I can let them know that I still love them and that I'm still praying for them. But guess what? I don't have to invite them to my house for coffee. I don't have to call them every time me and my husband have a fight. I don't have to call them and and tell them every little detail of my life. I can say, you know what? I hope you're doing well. I'm praying for you. How's life going? And then move on about the day. I'm not talking about being cordial and having friends, guys. I'm talking about the your circle. Evaluate your circle. Pray about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you because he will every single time. And know what God says. Know what God says about friends. Know what the scripture says. Guys, I love you. And if you've listened to this point, up to this point. Thank you. I appreciate everybody. And if you have any questions, if you feel like you need guidance, if you feel like maybe you don't know, please reach out to me. Shoot me a message on Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, all of my messengers are still active. Get a hold of me. Uh, I recently opened a Patreon for $3 a month. You get live, um, live, episodes with me. You get early access to episodes. You get um, counseling sessions. I'm not licensed. I only counsel biblically and through personal experience. But if you just want that private conversation, um, shoot me a message, jump on my Patreon, send me, send me, you know, requests. It can be private. It can be anonymous. Send me questions and I will take time to answer them anonymously um, through this podcast 
guys, I'm just here to help you. I just want to encourage you. So in closing, I would like to pray over you um, and, and just close out this week's episode with prayer. Father, we thank you so much right now. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for every listener. We thank you, Father, for discernment. And we thank you for your guidance and for your love that is never failing. God, we thank you that you can meet us right in the middle of our mess and that no situation is hopeless when you are on the scene. And God, I pray right now over every listener, I pray that you would just give them a new discernment, a stronger discernment, God, that you would open their eyes and Lord, that you would give them dreams and visions upon their bed, that you would show them who is for them and who is against them, God, that you would help them to be wise in making those decisions and remove any stumbling block that has been placed in their way right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would just propel them and put people in their life, God, those kingdom connections that are given specifically from heaven for those people who will encourage and uplift and move forward. God, that will help us be the best version of our life. Father, we love you and we thank you for your hand of guidance. We thank you that the footsteps of the righteous man are ordained by you, God, and that you have greater purpose for our lives, God, that you can take every situation, every painful moment of our life, and you can turn it around and give us beauty for those ashes, God, that you still turn mourning into dancing. And God, that tomorrow the sun will come up no matter how dark the situation looks, and you will still be high and lifted up seated on your throne where the train fills the temple god we thank you for your presence we thank you for your mercy god i pray that you would just cover every listener tonight lord when they lay their head down on their pillow god that you would give them peace that surpasses all understanding and lord i pray right now if there is somebody who is listening and they do not have a relationship with you, if they have not accepted Jesus into their heart as their personal savior, I pray that you would give them that opportunity, God, that you would knock on their heart's door, that you would let conviction break their heart, God, and that you would show them that you have a new life, an abundant life waiting for them. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we thank you and we praise you and we are expecting a good report. Guys, I love you. And if you need me, please don't hesitate to reach out.